11 o'clock and welcome to the power half hour everyone today we have a very special guest uh one of the kindest human beings i've ever met actually and happens to be a master of persuasion a master in sales and have sold well taken 2000 listings in his career and we want to know how he does it so without further ado welcome mr richard dougal from toronto canada Great to be here, John, with you and your great community. Yeah, thank you for being here. So, Richard, tell us a little bit more about uh, yourself. I mean, we, we have some of us are from the Mike Ferry program. Some of us are not. So why don't you give right. a little bit of a self-introduction, how you got started, how, how, how you got to this point here, Richard? Absolutely. So what happened is uh, I've seen some of the questions and a lot of it is focused on myself. And I'm going to focus on you guys getting content, real NLP, and we're going to get right into it, like things you can use, because I'm about giving value. And not, uh, you know, but since the spotlight's on me for a few seconds, uh, so basically, I used to be a Mike Ferry coach, and I was the one that was known for skills and uh, you know prospecting and whatever. In fact, I'm the only agent uh, to ever have uh, my live calls be played on the Superstar Retreat except for one person that was right behind me, like a, it was like a verbatim. And uh, so, and then, as you know, Matthew used to play my tapes on the uh, productivity schools traveling around. So I kind of known for the skills. And I built my business through prospecting. And the good thing is I'm in Toronto. So agents will tell you they've never seen an ad. They've never seen it. Nothing wrong with advertising, by the way. Yeah. But I, I built my business just on the telephone. They've never seen flyers. They've never seen it. They can't find it because I, I just use a telephone. And because uh, what happened is I'm from England originally. And in England, when you use a telephone, they actually, at least when I was there, they charge you, like they charge you. So, and you, you get a little book and right. it tells you like if, if the person's one mile away, it's this much per second or whatever. And if they're five miles away, it's this much. And then it goes beyond. So we had to pay every time we picked up the phone. And when I came to North America, I couldn't believe it. You pick up the phone, it's free. <laughs> so when I got into real estate, I started to use two phones. And some of us did. You know, I got a double headset made. And I'm dialing two. We busy before electronic dialers. And I'm dialing two people at once. It was so funny because I'd be dialing one. Like, I've got my list. I'm dialing. And I'm dialing the other one while it's ringing because it cuts down the time. You know, and hey. it's so funny when you've got two people who pick up at the same time. And because we begin the call scripted, you know, when do you plan on moving? They're both answering and they have no idea there's two of them. And usually one drops off anyway. And if they're really good, I'll call them back. But right. yeah, but uh, it's through prospecting skills and um, just a love of the business, love selling. When I love was that, uh, Richard, when you first started in real estate coming from England? I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, when, when was that? Oh, I came here when I was 17. My first job, actually, talking about selling in general, uh, it was a summertime. So, you know, we have the summer off. And I was 17, staying at my sister's house. And I remember looking in a newspaper, and he said, three units, $350. And that's a long time ago. And that was a lot of money. I go, whoa, $350. So I went downtown up this you know, big skyscraper. And the next thing you know is having a selling encyclopedias. <laughs> <laughs> so that's oh what it goodness. was. And you only get it if you sell. So on road trips in Trenton and Lindsay, these little towns, and they drop you off 
Uh, we actually stay in a motel. That I got dropped off in the morning at 10 o'clock, knocking on doors. And I found I have an ability to get into any door. I had to actually be careful. I never told them my secrets to the guys, but I found I, I kind of have this thing where I'm always testing things. I just it's in my nature, seeing what works, what doesn't, reviewing, and then making adaptions. And that's probably why I got so good at you know, prospecting or whatever. And uh, yeah, so that, that's basically my first taste. And then uh, real estate, you know, then I just thought, I think someone told me the thought actually, a relative, he said, if you're going to be selling, if you want to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. sell the biggest item you can find. Like sell the big things. And what's bigger than real estate, right? Like you can, you know, a real estate can be a country. Right. It can buy Fiji or whatever, <laughs> like Tony Robbins. <laughs> right. So, you know, why, why sell knickknacks and pieces of jewelry or whatever and little handbags when you can sell houses and property and land, etc. in countries? <laughs> what an opportunity. So when you, you sold uh, some encyclopedias and you, you decided to sell real estate. Yeah, yeah. And I sold a lot. You- I sold uh, encyclopedias, in-house, where it was actually a two-month mortgage payment. And they had to get high school, you know, like financing usually. Then I sold vacuum cleaners, and that was about two months of mortgage payment to pay, you know, those expensive ones. And um, and I sold memberships. I, I mean, I can go on, but it'll take 30 minutes. I sold gym memberships, but door-to-door in, in, in offices without appointment, selling memberships. Wow. Like, I've always been proud. I've sold stun guns door-to-door. Stun guns, like, because when they first came out, no one knew what to do with them. And you can actually just sell them. There was no licensing. So I, I had guys in the field actually going door to door selling stun guns. Can you believe it? My goodness. The businesses, like secretaries back in the thing. Yeah. And then one day they had a rule. It, went, it came in one day that said, it's illegal. You have to be licensed. And luckily I had little inventory. I got lucky. Good, good. So you, you when you fell into, uh, well, when you chose real estate sales, yeah. Did you fall into NLP first or was it vice versa or the other way around? Well, it was real estate first. And what I realized is I, I was always a prospectus. I knew to get on the call and mm-hmm. I, I got a good broker. I, look, I got lucky. And uh, all the Italian gentlemen, like a soprano type, actually like so, soprano's dad, like an old guy with it. Like, yeah, get on the floor, you know, like that. And uh, so he never told us what to say, but I do thank him for that. I thank all my mentors, you know, during the years. And uh, but I never knew what to say. Like I, I just called, and I had no idea. I just used my instincts. And then, uh, and then somebody told me about this person that goes around. He teaches top agents, and he said, "You got to go." I said, "Last time, you know, he was my friend." You go. He said, "When?" And by the way, that friend I recruited him into my office on one of the real estate courses. I was a pretty good recruiter. I've always been a good like that way. Anyway, so he's there and he said, there's this guy, you know, with the big hair. He comes around and he's like teaching all the top agents. You know who he was. And uh, so and he, and he, he must have hit my trigger points. He goes, everybody goes like, well, they're really well dressed. The men are all well dressed. The women are well dressed. There's BMWs, Mercedes. He's telling me all this stuff. I was, you know, a young guy, right? And, and I'm like, whoa. So I went there. And then he, he introduced me uh, to scripts. I thought, wow, this is great. Now I know what to say. And it gave even more confidence and more clarity in my calls. And that was a beginning. Uh, NLP, what happened is that I was, I don't know exactly the trigger, but there was a couple of things that happened. One of them was I was in a hypnosis show, in a stage hypnosis. And there's a gentleman called Ravine. 
And he's one of those stage hypnosis you see, like the acti. He's got like, you know, the beard that goes down and the, you know, whatever. And he's all dressed up in that, as if he's going to a wedding or something, that kind of thing, the tuxedo. And he was one of those guys. And what happened is from the stage, and there's a lot of people there, maybe about 500 or something on that. Mm-hmm. He was pulling people from the audience and my wife wanted to get up. So that, that way I know it wasn't fake. And she was actually expecting, you know, expecting a baby. Oh. And, uh, and she was like, oh, you know, because you're expecting, right? And I thought, wow, this is... And then I, I began to realize that if I can have the power of, you know, and getting, uh, jumping up and down and doing, you know, whatever they're doing, pretending to be chickens and all that stuff on the stage, you've seen those things. I'm thinking, there's something different than just scripts, just reading scripts. It's, I want to learn that. Like something happened to me. I had to learn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from scripts, uh, we talking about Mike, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, and then so when you got involved with Mike early on, when did you get exposed to NLP? It was that. And then I read, I got a book called Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. Unlimited. I used to go to this bookstore, like I like studying. And I remember going to the bookstore. It was a really nice bookstore, like a lot of rare books. And it had that book. And I went to a coffee shop. And I couldn't get, I couldn't stop. I just, I, I think I read half the book, which is a big book. Oh. And, and it was like, whoa, because the power of the mind, you know, the, I mean, oh my goodness. And yeah, that was my first taste. And then you mentioned actually in the book, which is never mentioned after in any books. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but you mentioned who trained in. And I, and so later on, I guess it was a mission in my life, a journey. I had to go train with them, which I did. I got certified as a, with the founders personally for four years. Like, and it's very rare because those guys don't even talk anymore. But I got certified by both individually. Wow. And my, the difference between myself and NLP, people who go to NLP when you look around, is I was, I'll give you one example because it'll, it'll explain everything. I love storytelling. Is I'm in this, you know, storytelling is something that I never found in the script world, you know, that much. But storytelling, uh, man, we can talk about the power of that. But I think um, you already get some kind of uh, understanding of the power of stories. Is that here I am, I'm in this seminar. It was a, it was a large one, of a, you know, quite a large one. They're going through the room, they're saying, Why are you here? Great question. People said one person was in charge of a prison. He was actually second in charge after the warden, vice warden or whatever. And he wanted to build a better infrastructure management, whatever, like psychological and leading people. And I'm not sure exactly why. And then there was a head nurse, a therapist, and they came to me and they go, why are you, why are you here? And that little cheeky, I'm here, I'm here to make money. Mm-hmm. And everyone looked at me. And I realized I'm a bit different because the only reason I was there is persuasion, selling, closing deals, and you know, getting that signature. Everything I listened to was filtered through that. And it, it continues to be. Because somebody had to do it. And I, I said, I'm going to be the one that everything they teach, how do I get a contract signed? How do I create compliance? Because that's one thing that a lot of people teach in selling. Like when you go to a listing presentation, you know, get rapport, rapport, rapport. And I think it's overrated. Not that rapport is overrated. In fact, persuasion is not possible without rapport, it has to be within rapport, otherwise it's kind of coercion. And you can make someone do something and say, here's a gun on your head, give me a wallet. I guess that's one form, that's coercion. But uh, the other thing, but the thing is that, I think it's overrated in the sense that you can learn rapport skills pretty easily. You can go to 
a restaurant and the secretary, I, I'm sorry, in that, in that case, the uh, waitress could have good rapport. But what I teach my people is, is take control compliance, seize control. So it's mine's a bit different. It's like rapport, seize control. And right. I teach that. So guys, uh, if you don't know what NLP stands for is Neuro Linguistic Programming. So mm. tell us a little bit about how NLP um, influences persuasion and gets and builds rapport. Can you touch a little yeah. bit on that? Absolutely, yeah. Ask me anything. So what happens is that uh, when NLP, what we do is that, well, uh, we should really find out where did it even come from. NLP is based on modeling. So what they did is they said, if we want to be like a dentist or a surgeon or a speaker on the stage or a great salesperson, most uh, strategies are, let's see what they do and let's do what they do. But NLP said, no, let's find out what the best do because the best seem to do things differently. So they actually went and learned what is happening. So one is uh, one example is a military pattern. So what they did is they, they said that how come this re military recruiter is getting all these people to sign up? Like when you walk in, that's it. You're wearing a uniform. It's not, I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit, but it didn't make sense. His numbers didn't make sense. It's a, it's a real story. So the recruiting, let's say that people walk in. At that time, they were recruiting a lot for Vietnam. And let's say people come in and there's a 30% a chance or 20% chance. They did, they did walk in, so it's higher than the average person in the street. This person, I don't know what the numbers were. They're getting something. He was getting something like 68%. It didn't make any sense. So they thought maybe he's promising stuff. It doesn't make sense. Like, you know what I mean? like the agents do. They say, oh, yeah, we can get you that price. No problem. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knows what he was doing, right? And they, they went to see him and they realized he's not. And they were studying him and they realized it's his language patterns. Mm. His language patterns were different with people. So that's what we do. We, we found out what the best do already in terms of persuasion. And, and then we model it and then we can use it. And we basically, it's a fancy word. And if you look on the dictionary, there's a lot of different, at least on the web, there's so many, there's no real one definition, but I use it in uh, just for influence. It's a, it's a language of influence. Yeah, a lot of assumptive language that I learned from Matthew in the past, they probably all yeah. came from you, right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and a lot of stuff is, is it's, it's actually quite fun to learn. Um, so where can we get access to some of this uh, uh, training to, to, to have us take more listings in, in 2021? Well, you can go on my website, persuasionmaster.com. And uh, I can, yeah, yeah, I can, I've got some stuff there. And I've even been doing the call a free call actually on Friday is this because uh, I, I have a call out there right now and it's me calling somebody and uh, I thought it was 50, but someone actually counted. It was 87 recorded. I closed somebody a hundred times on the phone on one call on one call. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what happened is that, and the reason I even know that it's actually out there. If you look at me, it's on my uh, YouTube, which I haven't been using. I'm just beginning it, but it's out there. I released it actually this week. So what happened is I'm calling somebody and blah, blah, blah. That's done. So I'm coaching a client, right, from Tennessee, great agent, to 75 deals a year. But he kind of made a confession. He said, Richard, you know, one challenge, I only close people maybe two times, three years. I go, you're kidding. And I happened to have that recording. I never took much out, you know, like notice of it. And I played the recording just for two minutes. Next thing you know, he's sending me the transcript. It's this long of all closes. I was surprised what I said. 
Like I said things like, I understand. No, no, I don't want to sell. I said, I understand. I said, what if I'm driving by the home and the buyer points to your home? Can I tell them about it? Like I had closes like that, right? <laughs> I, I can just get some closings. It's actually on there. You can hear it. And I'm doing a review of that call on Friday. Hmm. But, the, you know, one book is Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. That's a really good foundational book. It's where I started as well. So he actually talks about uh, NLP in that book, but no other book. Unlimited. Well, you know, other ones he does is, is anything, but he stopped using that word. He reframed yes. the word, you know, as well. But I, I knew that uh, there was something there when it came to persuasion. Because instead of saying to somebody, John, the market's really good. Mm -hmm. You say, John, are you aware of how good the market is? That's so, a reframe, right? Yeah. So what, you, what part of that is is NLP. So so let's dissect that a little bit. Yeah, it's an awareness pre really presupposition. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Awareness. So what happened? Let's let's dissect it. I love doing that. So what happens is if I say, okay, let's let's look at it from a real perspective, mm -hmm. out of NLP, out of training. If you have a, a stockbroker calling you and saying, "Come on, time to invest. The market's good." You go, "Yeah, yeah, sure." You're a salesman, right? A real estate agent. The market's good. So right away, you know, right? So you got that. It's your idea in planting it. But when yeah. you say, "Are you aware?" It's like a double bind in a sense. It's an awareness presupposition. Because what you and it doesn't matter their answer, right? If they say, "Yeah, yeah, I heard it's really good," you got uh -huh. great. But they came to the conclusion. You just ask the question. Right. Number two, if they say no, and you go, "Not yet," or oh, let me explain. Oh, that. Oh, great. That's why I'm calling. You see, when I say it to you, so feel what it feels like in your body. So, John, the market's really good. The market's really good. Mm. Again, I shake that up and say, John, are you aware about how good the market is? Yes, I've heard. and I built I built curiosity in you as well. Yes, awareness pretty aware and realize. You write those are really good words. So most you know most right now most sellers in your area are realizing that now's a great time to sell. Wow, realizing aware really powerful words. Not including it in all your conversations. Like you know, many agents are realizing. The blah blah blah, which you could use, <laughs> right? <laughs> wink, wink. Right. <laughs> right. You know, whereas you, so it's like an indirect persuasion. So write this down. Join the dots. You want to speak in a way where people join the dots, and it's their idea. Mm. Does that make sense? So you, yeah. you they join. They they're creating. You know, and then the other thing is profiling people. Like I, I learned things from NLP beyond the personality types, which is so powerful, so useful. Yeah. Because I, I, I know how that sounds like, but anyone who knows me, because there's people probably on this call that have seen me prospect and they've mm -hmm. seen me actually in my office calling. And it's kind of like I'd walk in the office and I have great people, by the way. I, you know, like, you know, during the time, some people, they want to go on their own, whatever, that's fine. But, you know, during the year. So what happened is that they're on the phone and they're on the phone like for two hours trying to get a lead. I'll just walk in sometimes at 10 o'clock or whatever. I'll pick up the phone and make one appointment. I do it all the time. Makes them mad. makes them excited though too. But that, but I wanted that ability just to pick up the phone and set an appointment. And the other thing I condition myself through NLP is I can pick up the phone anywhere because I tell my team, I tell them, look, two things. Number one, you'll never stump me. Ask me any sales question. I'll never hesitate. I'll give you an answer. Like on this call. And I've seen other people, even high people, that when you ask them, they go, oh, I never wanted to be that. I trained myself at that level. And number two, I'll always call. Like if you need a lead to call, I'll never say no, unless I've got something I'm doing. I'll right. go five minutes. I train myself to always be able to pick up the phone. 
And I had a client actually from San Francisco and he had a problem prospecting. He's not from our world, right? And he's from a different world where they do like home guarantee or whatever. And he's not used to prospecting. They're in incoming call kind of example. And he had a problem getting picking up the phone. So I actually did a little hypnosis session for seven minutes on the, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. And boom, boom. So we'll is, see is what happens. Is this part of uh, NLP as well? Uh, hypnosis? Yeah, yeah. That's actually, okay. a lot of those patterns are from Erickson. Uh, Erickson was a, a clinical hypnotist. And he could just cure people like that, cure phobias. The people used to go like the impossible clip. And he used to use a lot of language patterns. Like that, the a lot of NLP is extracted from him because Bandler and Grinder went to visit him. And you know, he didn't teach people that, that don't have a medical license. But somehow, but what they did actually, they called him and they used the patterns that he uses by watching some of his tapes on him. And he recognized it. He goes, yeah, these guys are probably badasses. And he let them in, which is, and then they, they modeled him. And then they copied some of his language patterns too. Mm. So Richard, let me ask you this. Um, what could an agent expect, let's say real estate agent, if they were to be closing, you know, 50% of their listing presentations, if they were to really dive in deep on NLP, what do you expect an agent to increase to in terms well, of their percentage? I've got real examples. I've got one gentleman. He took four listings and he was cutting commission. He came to my office. He came to train with me. I trained him in NLP. Mm -hmm. Around 30, 30 listings at full commission. Um, I think uh, almost every single one. So what happened is that something happened. And then he, he got out of my fold, you could say, too early. You know, some people, mm -hmm. they leave. It's like, a, it's like a, you know, there's a saying that the butterfly, being raised a caterpillar, if yeah. it leaves too early, you know, there's a, the, you know about the boy, right? The boy sees the butterfly. And uh, sorry, the caterpillar, and it's like turning into the butterfly, and he's he, he kind of feels sorry for it. It's got all the wax around it, and then he breaks it, lets the wings out. Mm. And what happens is the wings broken. Oh no! He can't quite do because the actual force of it being pushing out, which is a really good metaphor for like grind, you know, doing what you have to do. Mm. The force itself of the, the wings trying to be pressed against the wax or whatever it is is what built the strength. Right. Anyway, so now he's not out of doing anything. Like, but it, but what happened is that that's what happened. So yeah, and it's all about knowing what to say. So and it's about profiling people, like on the phone. And one thing that I've realized as watching something recently, as watching some role plays, some really good people role playing agents. And what I noticed, everyone's going, "Oh, you're great," and it was great. There was no tonality. They just focused on the words, right? Yes, when I come over, blah 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 blah. blah. But you got to work on the tonality. Like, if, like for example, you know, John, if I could sell your home in the next 30 days, would that pose a problem for you? Another one is, if it could sell now, would you sell it? Intentionally pausing? Yeah. And even that, would you sell it? <laughs> it's on that tape. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tonality controls the conversation. That, that's where the emotion. So basically, this is a really good uh, segue. I'll pivot into NLP. Mm -hmm. Here I am at these big conventions writing things down, thinking I'm smart. Because it says emotion, you know, people make decisions because of emotion, justified by logic. Emotion makes people do things. 
and uh, logic makes him think. So here's me thinking, oh, I'm really smart. You know, my IQ went up. And I go back, and the difference between myself and I'm sure others like myself is, what do I even mean? So I had to go to NLP to see what that means. So we need to leverage their emotions, their values. Emotions, yeah. right. You know, how do you do that? One way is their values. Like, I, I can role play with you. So, because John, if you know, when I went to the events, we had a lot of lunches together. Saying that when I saw you, I want to sit with you because you're one of the most charismatic people I've ever seen. And I just want to be with you. I just felt good around you. And uh, so what, what, what's important to you about real estate? Oh, yeah, it's, it's helping people. Wow. So, so helping people, what does that do for you? Uh, satisfaction of seeing people being happy of achieving their goals in real estate. Wow. So looking to the future, you helping people, seeing them achieve, and you having that experience of them being happy, ultimately, you know, in the future, and making that even a bigger force, bigger influence, you know, beyond possibly what you could imagine. And obviously, you're in that direction, helping a lot of people. Ultimately, what will all of that do for you? It kind of fulfills my purpose, my true purpose, which is... Uh... Yeah, again, just helping people. And that really build, build, brings uh, fulfillment to myself and my life. Uh, you just NLP'd me. I can't believe it. <laughs> so if I want to tell you something, you know, then, you know, right, you're probably going to be a lot more open in the beginning. Like if we could, right. That's, if there was a way where you could connect to more people faster and deeper and connect with them at a deeper level and talk to people where you're instantly connecting as if, so say I think I feel like I know you forever. Can yeah. you imagine how much ra more rapid and deeper that would ha happen? Like what size of business could happen just those, from those, the skills? Those were uh, the the pauses, guys. If you notice the pauses, the, the intonation, the, the the facial expressions that Richard had when talking to me and asked me what's important about this, what's important about that, about that. Those are all very intentional little nuances, and we should all learn from Richard. Richard, why don't we jump into something fun? I love it. And I, actually, it's so fun because for everyone who said it, what happened is I was sent a list of questions and I don't know if you saw the answer. I go, throw those away. I don't want to talk about myself. I'm not, I want to talk about what I can give a value for people. Yes. And uh, but I'm glad that I mentioned something so they know where I'm coming from. Yeah. But I want people to get value. Absolutely. And, and I want to have fun. So let's go ahead. <laughs> let's do it. Why don't we do an expired role play with you? You be the agent. Sure. So I'll, I'll use uh, mics at the beginning. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll leave something similar. So, ring, ring. Hi, I'm looking for John. Hi, this is John. Hi, John. It's Richard, the local real estate agent. And I remember your property being on the market before. Is, is it available for sale, please? Uh, no, we've taken it off the market. We couldn't get our price. I appreciate it. You're taking it off the market. That's great. So, when do you think you might put it back? You know, for, uh, for sure. Um, probably in the summertime. You're welcome to give me a call then. I'm definitely um, switching agents, but just not right now. We're taking a break. Oh, thank you for the invitation. So you're asking me, requesting that I call you back. Correct. Right? Oh, yeah. brilliant. I appreciate that. So here we are in the summer. Where are you moving to? Um, we're actually uh, upsizing from this home. Upsizing? Oh, good. Mm. Tell me more. Well, we're expecting. So we kind of have to move. Expecting. Congratulations. First one, second one. Second one, yeah. Oh, nice. That's wonderful. 
So this is a family move. It's for the children as well, for yourself and the family. Is that right? This is a family move, yes. So if you, uh, so if you were to move, you picked out the area, have you seen any properties you like? We have, yeah, but we couldn't sell this one. So it kind of just went up out the door and we're tired of uh, putting the home on the market and having it not sell. Absolutely, yeah. It brings up a question. I, I was actually scratching my head before I saw your listing. I'm looking it up and going like, what do you think stopped it from selling? Well, I think the, the agent probably didn't market it as uh, well as he could have. Mm. So how did you happen to pick the agent that you listed with? I was a friend. Oh, a friend. So it's like, like a social decision there, not a business one. Um, it, yeah, you're right. It was a, more of a social decision. Absolutely, yeah. So if the, if the property couldn't have been marketed correctly, like you mentioned, are you saying it would have sold or probably would have sold? I, I think so. I think so. So if the marketing could take place, then the house would sell? I would think so. Yeah. I don't mind doing this. I'll do some research on what the highest retail buyer is going to pay for your home. And I'll come by. I'll take a look. Right? I'm going to ask you some questions about the property. And if we feel that we can figure out a price and get you to that property, because it is about the children, right? About the, uh, and you've got the second one. Have you, have you got a name for the second child yet? We actually haven't, ha uh, haven't gotten a name, but. Uh, oh, it's always to look forward to. Yeah, in that new property, right? In that new property. So wouldn't it be nice for them to be brought up and bought into that new property already established? That'd be beautiful. So what we'll do is uh, I have available this afternoon um, or I can come tomorrow. With, uh, when is your wife home? Uh, I think my wife would need you to come over now. I'm coming right over. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys. I don't, I don't know if you notice a, a lot of things in there. Me as an agent, you know, studying this for years and years, there's a couple words that I noticed. Uh, number one is this, this was a social decision to, or a business, not a business decision to hire the, the other agent. And then he, he went into, this is a family decision. It's, it's about the family. That it, right away, it hits my emotions. And then it gets me back to logic when picking the agent. And then he, I, I was just so smooth, Richard. I mean, yeah. oh, geez. We well, could break that down. You know, we, could do it, we could do it probably half an hour just breaking that window. I know, I know. Time. Yeah. What, we'll jump into Clubhouse uh, tomorrow. I'll ping you again. We'll, we'll do some role play there, but yeah. it'll be fun. Uh, so, Richard, how, how do we follow you on social media? Um, where well, do we I'm just starting now because I'm just like, I still a prospect, still a real estate agent. Okay. And uh, so, what happens is um, I'm just starting now. So, if you go to my YouTube, Richard Dougal, and uh, you can follow me on, uh, I have a podcast, by the way. I'm just oh. starting out. It's called Sales Hunter. And the it. way I designed it, it's just, I thought, you know, it's not an interview. I don't interview people. It's just four minutes before, like, before you go to work. You can listen to it. There's only about six episodes, but I'm going to be building more. But what happens is that sometimes you say, I need to get some motivation or some knowledge. And there's stories in there and stuff. Yeah. But it's all about being a sales hunter. And and uh, the other thing is uh, I have a Twitter account called Closing Machine. It's Closing Underscore Machine. And I post every three days my thoughts. like, And they're all original. Like they're original thoughts. They're not like copies of Instagram posts about my feeling about selling and closing. And uh, yeah, just look, look me up. You'll see me anyway. And uh, but yeah, on um, Friday, the Zoom link is on my Facebook, and uh, maybe you can share it or whatever. But it's yeah. free. just click, click the button, 
and uh, it's going to be just an interview, just like this, you know, like people coming on. Sounds good. So selling. why don't I, uh, I'll, I'll trouble you to, because the Facebook live will end in a, shortly here. I'll just trouble yeah. you to put some links at the bottom in the comments section. And so right. everybody can come and see it on Friday. One thing I want to leave people with, because I want to make a difference. You know, for the, I love the industry. My children are in it. You know, I, I got uh, a legacy in it. So I, I want to make sure that they brought, they bring it, they're brought up into a good place. Like the industry is good and it's thriving and it's mm -hmm. got great people. But always remember that it's your birthright to be a hunter. You are a sales hunter. Like when you were a caveman, you had to go out and bring something back, right? You had to bring something back to the family. So your birthright, that's who you really are. Look at children. Why, why? I mean, they'll try to close you up. You're going back to, you know, past McDonald's. I mean, my kids, you know, first it's like, can we have it direct? That, that you know, okay, that didn't work. I'm still driving, right? No, we're not going. Number two, well, dad's, you know, Bob's dad, he lets him go, right? So guilt, they go to guilt. And then they might go to bribery. Like if you do that, I'll do my homework. Or it might be like, whatever, right? So the whole sequence, you were like that as a child. It's only the school system that try to tame you, but they can't tame you. To reclaim your birthright, you are a hunter. Your job is to go out and get business. And not only um, to find opportunities, but to create them. Mm. Good luck, everybody. Awesome. Guys, it is our birthright to be hunters. <laughs> Make it a great day, guys. Thank you so much, Richard. And we'll see you soon. And we'll see you on Friday. I look forward to it. Thanks, John. Thank you.